Welcome to the Weird History Podcast. I'm Joe Streckert. This is an independent, listener-supported show. To support it, go to weirdhistorypodcast.com. I do a lot of debunking on this show, and I enjoy that. I kind of enjoy getting into a popular myth or a misconception and getting into the truth behind it. I enjoy that because, you know, truth is fun, uh, but also because I just personally enjoy being a pedant sometimes. But not today. Not today. This time, on this episode, I take no joy in the debunkery I am about to do. In fact, when I found out about this, it caused me a small manner of personal distress and kind of emotional hand-wringing. And I hate to tell you this, but I also kind of want people to share my disappointment. My disappointment that Isaac Newton, the brilliant scientist and mathematician, the natural philosopher, the man who invented calculus and also those little ridges on the end of coins, he did not invent the cat door. For years, I believed he did. For years, I believed that among all of his accomplishments, Isaac Newton had also made a little door that cats can go through, which is adorable and makes him, you know, all the more smart and kind of neat and relatable. And this invention, this supposed invention, was invoked by one of my favorite authors of all time, Douglas Adams, in his novel Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. And in the novel, Adams uses the anecdote about Newton inventing the cat flap to good effect. He says, quote, Sir Isaac Newton, renowned inventor of the milled edge coin and the cat flap. The what? said Richard. The cat flap. A device of the utmost cunning, perspicuity, and invention. It is a door within a door, you see. Yes, said Richard. There was also the small matter of gravity. Gravity, said Dirk with a slightly dismissal shrug. Yes, there was that as well, I suppose. Though that, of course, was merely a discovery. It was there to be discovered. You see, he said, dropping his cigarette butt. They even keep it on at weekends. Someone was bound to notice sooner or later. But the cat flap, ah, there is a very different matter. Invention, pure creative invention, it is a door within a door, you see. Unquote. And I really love that observation, that discovering something that's out there and waiting to be observed and quantified is very, very different from inventing something. And inventing something that suddenly seems obvious. Unfortunately, this didn't happen. Isaac Newton's real life cannot actually back up Douglas Adams's praise of his brilliance, because we've had cat doors for a while. Uh, cat domestication, after all, it goes back a bit. It doesn't go back as far as dog domestication, but we do know that they've been living with humans for the past few thousand years or so. Uh, Egypt is often credited with cat domestication, but that's not actually the oldest known domestic cat. Um, maybe. So there's a grave in Cyprus that dates back to over 9,500 years ago, and it is a cat in a grave, and it is surrounded by polished stones, shells, and other decorative artifacts. And maybe this Cyprus cat is a burial for a domesticated cat. Possibly. So, if the ancient inhabitants of Cyprus were domesticating cats 9,500 years ago, 
then they have Egypt beat by about 4,000 years. However, for evidence of massive routine domestication where people would have seen cats on the regular, that is still from Egypt, and that's from about 5,500 years ago. So, why domesticate cats at all? Well, despite what you might believe from watching your cat laze away in a sunbeam all day and eat food and not really do much, cats actually are useful. They are these fluffy little predators who cheerfully murder anything smaller than them. Mice, rats, bugs, whatever. So, if you have a very large room full of grains or other perishable stuff you obviously want something that's going to be a check on the mice and the rats and the bugs. So, enter cats, the little murder floofs, who will absolutely wreck any rodent or insect that wants to nom on your stored grain or other stored crops. Cat domestication goes with storage, which means it also goes with human settlement and large structures and architecture, which means it often goes with doors and walls which means that cat accessibility and cat doors have been a thing for a while. And we don't have any definitive record on what the first cat door was or the like. It's not like there is an ancient Egyptian tomb with, among all of the various very distinctive ancient Egyptian imagery, we see an ancient cat door. And we cannot say that holes in walls and doors, if they survive, are specifically cat holes or just, you know, Holes, but we do have definitive textual evidence that cat doors, or rather cat holes, predate Newton. And this definitive evidence that holes made specifically for cat egress comes from Geoffrey Chaucer in Miller's Tale, part of Canterbury Tales. And in the Miller's Tale, a peeping Tom spies inside a home via a hole in a door made specifically for a cat to go in and out. I'm going to quote Chaucer now, and I'm going to try to pronounce Middle English, and I'm going to fail, but bear with me. Chaucer writes, quote, And hold he found full low upon a board, there as the cat was wont in for to creep, and at the hole he looked in full deep, and on that last he had of him a sight. Unquote. I am sorry, Middle English scholars, who probably just cringed while I was saying that. I apologize so much. But yeah, in Chaucer, a cat door is a plot point. By the way, the Miller's Tale, where that little passage comes from, is absolutely filthy. It is a story about um sex and farts and slapstick and when I first read it in middle school, it really surprised me. I assumed that any, like, you know, important classic literature was going to be about, I don't know, you know, honor and statesmanship and stuff and not farting. And it taught me that human beings have been, like, weird, gross perverts that from time immemorial. It was great. It was a great lesson to have. Thank you, Geoffrey Chaucer. Prior to reading you, I'd assumed that body humor had been invented sometime in the 60s. But I digress. What's important here is that we have cat hole evidence being written in the 1300s, 300 years before Isaac Newton would even be born. But still, this association of cat doors and Isaac Newton, where does it come from? So what's funny is that anymore, the story about Isaac Newton inventing the cat door is meant to add to Newton's resume, 
make him seem even more genius and even more awesome, what with the physics and the middle edges on the coins and the calculus and all that. But the original version of this cat door story was supposed to do the opposite of that. The original version of this story was meant to portray Newton as kind of an absent-minded professor type, somebody who might have been mathematically or scientifically brilliant, but lacked common sense. And the earlier version of this myth, it comes from an essay called Philosophy and Common Sense, published anonymously in a British publication called The Monthly Religious Magazine. In that magazine, it seems the writers were on a mission to demonstrate how bumbling and lacking of common sense learned philosophers and scholars often were. So, in this essay, meant to kind of like, you know, throw some shade on the natural philosophers, the author writes, quote, You know the anecdote of Coleridge, Southey, and Wordsworth, whose united wits could not get the horse's collar off over his head when the Scotch girl did it with a single jerk? The country parson tells a much better anecdote than that, of Sir Isaac Newton, which, by the way, we never saw anywhere else. The great philosopher had a pet cat and kitten, which he harbored in his study, but becoming tired of opening the door for them to go out and in, he hit upon the following contrivance. He cut in his door a large hole for the cat to go out and in, and a small hole for the kitten. He failed to remember what the stupidest bumpkin would have remembered, that the large hole through which the cat passed might be made use of by the kitten too. Having provided the holes, he waited with pride to see the creatures pass through them for the first time. As they arose from the rug before the fire where they had been lying, the great mind stopped in some sublime calculation. The pen was laid down, and all but the greatest man watched them intently. They approached the door and discovered the provision that had been made for their comfort. The cat went through the door by the large hole provided for her, and instantly the kitten followed her through the same hole. As ministers are constantly charged with the same want of common sense, it may be consoling to find ourselves in company with the poets and philosophers. Unquote. And this is not an isolated incident. There's another similar story also called Philosophy and Common Sense, though it comes from a different source. This one comes from an American publication called Anecdotes and Illustrations from around the same time. The first one I read you was from 1893, and this one is also from the late 1800s. And the anecdote reads, quote, One evening in midwinter, feeling it extremely cold, Sir Isaac Newton instinctively drew his chair very close to the grate in which a fire had just been lighted. By degrees, the fire became completely kindled, and Sir Isaac felt the heat intolerably and rang his bell with unusual violence. John, presumably John is the name of his servant, was not at hand. At last he appeared, but by that time Sir Isaac was almost literally roasted. "'Remove the grate, you lazy rascal!' exclaimed Sir Isaac, in a tone of irritation very uncommon with that amiable and placid philosopher. "'Remove the grate, ere I am burned to death! Please, Your Honor!' "'Might you not rather draw back your chair?' said John, a little waggishly. "'Upon my word,' said Sir Isaac, smiling, "'I never thought of that.'" The rest of the publication is kind of like that. It's a bunch of anecdotes, jokes, little stories about, you know, great people kind of being bumbling idiots, that sort of thing. So we have a pretty obvious theme here, where Isaac Newton is used as a stand-in for the intellectual class in general. 
and you have waggish writers who want to thumb their nose at the intellectual class, turning Newton into, again, an absent-minded professor type. And in one instance, they used the cat door anecdote, him assuming that small cats need small holes and big cats need big holes. But, again, this story would later on become inverted, getting passed around, and when Douglas Adams got a hold of it, spun in a way that made Newton even more awesome. But here's another wrinkle. We don't even know whether or not Isaac Newton had a cat. He could have. It's possible. It's not something that's mentioned in early biographies of him at all, but that doesn't rule it out. At the same time, some biographies also mention how solitary he was, not even keeping the company of animals, but we don't know if that's accurate or not. And I'd also submit that having or not having a cat can sometimes be a sort of gray area or liminal experience. It's possible for one to, say, see a cat in your surroundings on a regular basis. Maybe you start leaving out food and water for it. The cat eats the food, drinks the water, but you and the cat don't really interact. You're just kind of there in the same area together. That's sort of it. You and the cat are just kind of like weird roommates or something. And it's entirely possible that Newton put out food for a cat or looked at a cat on a regular basis, but didn't like cuddle with a cat or scritch the cat or anything like that. We have no idea what Isaac Newton's cat status was or wasn't. It is impossible to know. Here's what we do know, though. Put all these anecdotes to one side. We do know that Isaac Newton was kind of weird. Um, he was famously reclusive. He didn't really hang out with a lot of his colleagues. He wasn't that personable. He was into some really spooky mystical stuff. He once stuck a needle in his eye for science reasons. Uh, he was into alchemy, by all accounts, really proud of maintaining his virginity. Uh, it is possible that he was gay, very possible he was also what we would now call asexual. We just don't know. And one of my favorite things about him is that he kept a list of his sins. And his list of sins were addressed directly to God, and he confessed on a regular basis on this list all of the bad stuff that he thought the Lord would get mad at him for. And lest you think that we have a document uh, detailing all of the salacious or sexy or scandalous things in Isaac Newton's life, um, it's not like that. Most of the sins are pretty innocuous. Now, there are instances where he mentions striking people who he got mad at, and that is bad. Don't hit people. But he also says things like, using the word God openly, or eating an apple at thy house, or making a mousetrap on thy day, or contriving of the chimes on thy day, or wishing death and hoping it on some. I think we've all been there. Also, having unclean thoughts, words, and actions, and dreams. Stealing cherry cobs from Edward Storer. Okay, that's a real sin. Don't steal people's cherry cobs. Or setting my heart on money, learning, and pleasure more than thee. Oh. Uh, punching my sister. I have been guilty of that, though not for many, many years. I think that's something that anyone with siblings can relate to. Uh, not living according to my belief, etc. You get the idea. My favorite one of Isaac Newton's sins that he records, though, is making pies on a Sunday night. Apparently, he thought that was worthy of confession. 
And, I don't know, pies seem like a positive good in the world. I don't know when making them in any context could be construed as sinful. So, there's plenty of things about Isaac Newton to be impressed by. There's also plenty of things to be kind of weirded out by or bewildered by. Actual recorded history gives us no shortage of real stuff to dig into, real stuff to be kind of impressed by and bewildered by, and maybe even few things to make fun of. We can do that. We're allowed to do that. But, sadly, not the cat door thing. That seems to be a fabrication hundreds and hundreds of years later. Initially a fabrication to make him seem dumb, and later on a fabrication to make him seem smart. And it's a shame. I really wish I could tell you that Isaac Newton invented more than calculus, that he also invented a door for kitties. But alas, it isn't so. This podcast is totally free, totally independent, and I don't read ads. This is listener-supported. Go to weirdhistorypodcast.com and become a monthly supporter. Thank you, all of you, who support the podcast every month. That is amazing and awesome of you. Also, go on iTunes, give us ratings and reviews. That would be very handy for helping other people discover the show. Thank you to all of you who have also given ratings and reviews to the show. I appreciate that a good deal. I am on social media, facebook.com slash weirdhistorypodcast, and also on Twitter. I'm at Joe Streckert. Thank you very much for listening. Talk to you next week. Bye. <laughs>